and excited to be here with my fellow authors and with you to share my work. My first novel is called Warding a Broken Glass, and it deals with a young sculptor named Tanya Mendes, who becomes the centerpiece of a love triangle and has to choose between the man of her dreams and the woman destined to be her reality. Water in a Broken Glass was turned into a feature film and stars the wonderful Billy Krishan, Candace Dillett Bassett, Tony Belafonte, Wes Hall, and the legendary Victoria Rouse, also known as Drusilla from The Young and the Restless. My second novel is called In the Mirror. In the Mirror focuses on Jasmine Falls, a physical therapist who is trying to prove that her boyfriend is not in love with his wife. Once again, I'd like to thank you for coming out to support us. I know you're going to have a grand time, and I look forward to speaking with you more at my virtual booth. Wow. So, Miss Odessa, well, what was that last line? So that to find out if the boyfriend, what was the last line? Of <laughs> Trying to find out if her boyfriend is in love with his wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, that in itself makes you want to find that book because I love that line. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> It is so good to see you and to finally get an opportunity to have you on screen. Like I said, I'm, I lived in Baltimore for several years. I work for the state of Maryland. Um, I, when I wrote my book, there were a number of writers that I was recommended to follow. And you were one of them. Wow. You, Vanessa Griggs, and a, and a couple of others. And I never got a chance to reach out to you. I would see you and I was like, you know what? I would love to have her be a part of some of the things that I'm doing. So thank you so much for agreeing to participate oh, in this event. For this and um, <laughs> for the event, for supporting us. Um, this is so great. I've never done a, I've never done a virtual thing where I'm in a booth. And so I was just like all tickled. I was having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you talked to many people today? Yeah, yeah. I had really? some I, I was trying I had so many people I was trying to uh, talk to them and, and type at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I yeah. love that. I um that's what this is all about. And and so we're just we're trying to find ways to use technology to make sure mm -hmm. that we are getting the word out about our work because that's important to us, extremely important to us. And so um, as part of the Black Writers workspace, that's you know what we focus in on. And I'm just happy to know that you're here. And I'm happy to learn about what you do. And I want to do a deep dive into your book. And then I want to talk about the film because, you know, I hear this all the time. I mean, many of us, we write with the idea of creating a being, this being a, a movie. You know, mm -hmm. for me, I remember when I wrote my first book, I had already decided who would play each role before I even finished the book because I watched so much Hallmark and Lifetime until i see I, I dream you know in movies and and i love the movies in general i go to the movies all the time i went the other day to see the house of gucci i'm just one of these people who get up in the morning and say i'm going to the movies and we'll just stay there all day and watch wow. and it may be what drives my writing so tell us about yourself and tell us about your books um tell me about myself um 
I'm a wife and a mother. You know, it's always a hard question. <laughs> Everybody says that. Everybody says that. Uh, I'm a wife. I'm a mother. I have three wonderful children. Um, uh, I work. I still have a day job. I work as a supervisor um, in the microfilm, well, now document imaging department. Um, and I just love writing. I love writing. I love um I love words. I love playing with them. I love reading them. Um, I think one of the best parts of writing, other for me, other than just um, getting the words out that first initial time, is going back and editing because that's where that creative process comes in for me. I love trying to figure out a different way to say something. So that's me. <laughs> you know, uh, your, your love of words is something that um, I definitely have. I love words. And um, when I was younger, I always wanted to be a writer. I mean, I didn't know how that would work out because, you know, I grew up in public housing and everybody I knew had their head down and they were working hard. Now, there were a lot of creative people in my space, but no one that was writing books. But I wanted to be a writer. I just didn't know how to do it. So I went off to college. I went into corporate world and then I went into the public sector and uh, I'm a military wife. So we moved around a lot. And um, but at 35, I published my first book and it was just my love of words. And this is so funny. In high school, I, I would make up phrases. I mean, I would make up words <laughs> and everybody would say them. And it was so silly. I remember I came up with this whole for serious thing. I was like, for serious? I don't know. <laughs> it was so goofy and people would say it. And I just always love words. So I'm glad to know that I'm not just talking to a writer, but I'm talking to a lover of words, which sometimes can be a different thing. And so yeah. that's good really good to know. So your book, Water and a Broken Glass, a novel. Yeah. I didn't know what to expect when I watched it because I did not read any information about it beforehand. I wanted to be shocked and I wanted to learn about you in this process of watching this book because I do think that every book is filled with parts of us mm -hmm. in, in some way or, or the other. So Tell us about the writing process for this book and where did this storyline come from? Um, the storyline came from a phone. It came from a couple of things. Um, one, it came from a phone call. Um, I was on my way to work one morning and I got this call and I thought it was a friend of mine playing a joke on me. And it ended up being a woman that had the wrong number. And when um, for some reason, you know, we, we it took us a minute to figure out, OK, we're not who we think we are. And so I hung up and I, I told my, at the time it was my, my husband was my boyfriend. He was driving me to work and I told him about the call and it stayed with me. And then a friend of mine, um, she actually came out to me and she said that, and, and it seemed like everybody else knew except for me. And it wasn't that I had a problem with it. I just figured that when people would say that she, you know, she was gay, I was like, no, no, she's not. And because in my mind, we're friends. So she would tell me you would I would know before you would. But she didn't tell me. And she said she didn't tell me because she thought I wouldn't be her friend, which which worried me because I was like, what had I done or said to make her think that? And for some reason, those two things came together. And there was Tanya Mims mm -hmm. and this this young sculpt because in the, in the movie, she's a painter and in the, in the book, she's a sculptor. And um, for some reason, that all came together for that story. I don't know. I don't know where or how, but that's what ha that's where the idea came from. And, and those 
spoiler alerts here. We're going to talk around this story without giving away the, the the heartbeat of it. But I do encourage everyone to go and read the book and to watch the movie. I saw it on Amazon Prime. Uh, watch it and rate it because that's what's important when it comes to these types of things. Please do that. Water in a Broken Glass is the name of the book. Now, what's so interesting about what you said that really got me was that when I first saw the book, I mean, the movie, when once it was over, I, I thought, okay, are you someone advocating for the gay community? Are you gay? And then you just said, oh, this came from a friend coming out to me. And, and, it, and it speaks volumes to the fact that as writers, we're so diverse and mm. complex. And you, you can write outside of your norm if you need to, but you just have to be well read in that area and research it and not be stereotypical and not, you know, layer it with with things that aren't fair or just or even relatable to that particular person's situation. And so that is so interesting. What did people say when they saw it who aren't as open minded as you and I, who may have felt like, what does this mean, Odessa? And then I say this because when I wrote my first book, I was blown away with family coming to me and saying, am I in the book? Is that character me? Yeah. yeah. I remember thinking, no. <laughs> but I didn't even think of, I mean, they were really ups were concerned. I won't say worried, but there was concern about, are these characters me? And I, mm -hmm. I didn't know that other people feel that way. I'm like, I'm a fiction writer. I wrote fiction. I didn't right. see it anyway. So what did you, what did you hear about that? Well, I don't, it's so funny when um, the publisher, when we were getting ready to go to press, um, the publisher called me and he, you know, he was beating around the bush and I didn't know what he wanted. I was like, so finally I said, well, what, what, what do you want? What do you want me to say? And he was like, cause he kept saying, well, you know, are we going to get sued? You know, da, da, da. I'm like, no. And he's like, well, and so I said, well, what, what do you want? So basically he thought it was real. Mm -hmm. He thought I'd just taken it and, you know, I said, no, it's, it's none of these people are real. Mm -hmm. I said, it just, everyone is made up. It's not even, I didn't even take my girlfriend's um, story and put it in there. It was just those two story, those two storylines or those two things just came together for that story. And I remember my father, when the book came out, my father asked my mother, is Dessa trying to tell us something? You know, so everybody thought it was real. And even like, even today, um, people in, in the in, in the lesbian community, they say, well, how were you able to write this book so real if you're not gay? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> but for me, I think it's because love is love. The way you respond to someone that you're in love with is this, this, it doesn't matter whether it's, you know, towards someone of the same sex or someone of the opposite sex. It's, it's love. It's all based on love. So I think that's what they're seeing that I just, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to do with anything, do the, any, all the stereotypical stuff. And mm -hmm. I wanted it to be real. I wanted it to feel real. And so that's, that's how I was able to do it. But um, yeah, I get that all the time. And I, but one woman, she said to me, um, this was right before the film came out, a, a woman in a book club. She was struggling with her, her brother being gay. And she was so upset about it. And she said, once she read my book, it helped her to understand what he was going through. So, mm -hmm. and I received a lot of um, mail from people 
Um, I, I, and that's what I wasn't um, prepared for. Cause for me, I was writing this story, but it was, it was, even though it was fictional, it ended up being other people's lives. And so I was getting a lot of mail from people asking me what they should do in certain situations. And I felt bad because, you know, I'm like, I don't know what to mm -hmm. do. I don't know what to tell you. Um, I had a, one woman was, she was married and she was trying to figure out, you know, what she needed to do next. And I didn't know. And that, that kind of scared me because I didn't want to add to anybody else's pain, you know. So mm. I, I wasn't prepared for that. That's the power of writing. That's the power of writing. It's so therapeutic. People see, um, they read so much into the work. They see things sometimes you wasn't even trying to put in the work. Yeah. Um, I tell people all the time, my first novel, it took someone to read it and tell me what the novel was about because I saw it totally different. And you struggle sometimes when someone say, tell me about your book. And you're like, these characters are so complex. It's hard for me to just ball that up in two lines and tell you. But I had a friend, she read my book and she said, oh, this is about money can't buy you happiness. And I was like, you wrapped that up <laughs> so solid. And I, I'm trying to figure out some long dissertation to lay out to right. explain this thing. And I mean, and when she said it, I was like, yep, that's exactly what the book is about. So readers are a key part of this writing process mm -hmm. because the reader can sometimes help you to better understand the story. You know what you were trying to say. You know what you were trying to put in your characters. But we get we get so involved in the character development. That's the right. thing. Like, right. if you don't embody that character, if you don't love that character, you can't build them. And then at some point, they began to speak on their own. They literally, people don't, I mean, I know we're not, you know, I'm not crazy or anything, but I promise you, my characters at some point began to tell me what they will and will not do because you may write something and that character in your head is saying, that is not something I would do. Remember who I am. Remember how you built me. And so it becomes, you have to be able to listen to yourself and trust the character after you begin to develop it. So that's very interesting that you would be getting those letters. And I can only imagine what that feels like. You're like, I just want to write a book, but you know, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be responsible for anybody's marriage or things like that. Yeah. That's, that's something else. Let's talk about your writing process. How long have you been writing? I've been writing since I was about nine. Um, my mother reads all the time. And so we were always in the bookstore. She had books around the house. And one day I was reading a Reader's Digest and there was a story in it. Um, I can't remember what the story was, but we were sitting on the porch and she and my father were sitting on the, on the, on the chairs and I was sitting on the step and I was reading this story and I something about it just struck me. And I turned around and I said, Ma, I want to be a writer. And she said, well, write, baby. And I started writing. <laughs> I just and I would write little stories and share them at lunchtime with my friends mm. and things like that. So that's that's how I started writing. I love that. I love the the I'm I've I've, I've uh, Kevin Powell. I'm going to be interviewing him later, and it was it's recorded. And so we actually did the interview this morning, and we it's a very consistent thing that I hear when I talk to writers. And one is, first of all, books were a part of your life as a child. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of us don't become writers because we don't read. We basically have a love for books. Um, and so books have been a part of it. And it's not so much, it doesn't always matter if your parents 
read or not, but that they were okay with allowing you that grace. You know, um, Kevin talks about going, you know, to his mother, taking him to a library. She had an eighth grade, you know, she, she only made it to the eighth grade, mm -hmm. but she would take him to the library and she was very big on, you know, education, education, education. For me, I grew up in a household. Other people didn't read a lot, but my teachers were always telling me a good writer reads mm -hmm. and you should have a book in every room of the house. Right. And so I would mimic that. I would have books everywhere and I was constantly reading. So I say this to the parents out there, if you really want to nurture your child's development as a writer, then definitely introduce them to books. Right. Introduce them to books. And now you have audio books. So, you know, right. maybe for Christmas, go down to our author's lounge, find mm -hmm. one who's got an audio book or a book and, and get those books for them. It doesn't matter if you like or dislike reading, but introduce your kids to books. That is a big part of it. Yeah. So what tell us about the process to turn this move, this book into a film like how did this happen? Is this something your publisher brought to you and said, hey, we got an idea? Or is it something that you said, this needs to be a movie and I'm going to do everything I can to make that happen? Um, I was actually at work minding my own business and I got in, I, found, I stumbled on an email. I wasn't really good at checking emails back then. And this was, I think the book came out in 2000. And I think this was around 2007 or so. And let you know how old it was. I had a Juno account and I wasn't good. <laughs> I was not good at checking email. And I checked and I'd gotten an email like a month before from a filmmaker named Jamel Thomas. And she said, I read your book and I was wondering if I could have the rights to the film. And I was like, hmm? what? And I, you know, of course you, you don't think it's real. I thought, I didn't know what it was. And so we talked. And I, you know, I emailed her back and she turned out to be a film. She was a film student out in California and she was going through her own coming out process. And a friend of hers, whom I didn't even know, um, had given her, said, hey, read Water in the Broken Glass. And she read it and she liked it. And so then she reached out to me. And then, so it went from there. We had to speak with the publisher because, you know, traditionally published, you don't own the rights to, the, to your work anymore. Mm -hmm. So after some initial, you know, back and forth and, you know, contracts and things, um, he finally gave her the rights to do it. Um, it took, now she, she emailed me, that was like 2007, I think, did not start filming the trailer until 2015, I think. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Long process um, from getting the contract to her having to, um, get the money. That's that's what I've learned about this whole process. To get your book turned into a, any film, rather, whether it's just a book or just a film, it takes a whole lot of money. Mm -hmm. And so she had to raise all this money uh, to get the film going. So we did, we filmed a trailer in August of 2015 and then started filming in April of 2016 and had to shut down. Mm -hmm. And then started filming again, um, September, I remember the date because it was my daughter's birthday, September 15th, 2016, we started filming again. And in the process from that, from April to May, she had to recast. And um, so that's when we got all these wonderful people. Um, and so we went from there. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about Victoria Rowell, who I, when I saw her, I was like, <laughs> talking about 
I kept me in my dorm room when I was in college watching soap operas. Oh my goodness. You had a really great cast and you had new faces for me. Yes. Um, and that's what I love about uh, these movies is when you when we can learn about a new actor or actress and feel like, OK, this is someone who's going to be the next Denzel or be the next, you know, um, big time uh, actor. And they start out in a, in a smaller movie and it grows. But what I love about the movie is how you really showcase Baltimore. And for those of you who've ever been to Baltimore, you know, it's a really dynamic city in many ways. I worked there uh, writing policy for the state of Maryland for six years. And um, just I enjoyed the vibe of the city, the whole area. I'm a Southern girl. So, you know, I'm, well, I'm from Alabama. And, you know, being in that area was always so it, it had a certain vibe to it from D.C. to Baltimore. But when you were when your characters were in certain places, I was like, I've been there before. I, I remember that place. I remember. And so you did a great job of really honoring the city uh, with with your with your with the, with the film itself. So in regards to the money needed to create this film, and I hope that everybody is listening because so many people want to know, how do I do this? Hmm. Well, it sounds like from Odessa. Number one, check your email. OK, that's, yeah. the, that's the number one lesson in this whole process. Check your email because that was a that was a diamond to yeah. find someone to say, can I turn this into a film? And she's young and she's, you know, intimately connected to the storyline. Um, but did you have to help with the funding at all? Um, the only thing I had to do, I mean, I, I, I gave some toward the end, but and but that was just because I wanted to, because these mm -hmm. people work so hard and. But um, I didn't. I didn't write the script. Jamel wrote the script. I didn't cast. I wasn't. The the cool thing is she let me be on set. And they normally don't let the author come around because you know we're so close to our work. We'll start arguing about that's not what my character is. Da 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 da. da. But um, she let me stay on set from day one to the end. And so um, what I as far as. The money part, it, I was just there to, to lead, I guess, lend credence to and make people feel like, okay, um, if, if the author is supported, supportive of the work, then I'll feel comfortable giving money toward it, especially here in Baltimore. You know, if, if this film is about Baltimore, it has Baltimore you know, in it, it's by a Baltimore author. And if the author is not behind the work, then, you know, I'm not going to support it. So I was there for, for that. But um and I, I did a couple of her fundraising videos with her so that, you know, she could make sure she got the funds so that people would mm -hmm. see her face and things like that. Um, but as far as money, no, she she did it all. So so you you gave her the rights to your story. I'm, I'm assuming they paid you for yeah. that. For, OK. Yeah. And then she was able to have creative rights to make some changes like you said changing the role of you know what sculptor versus a painter and different mm -hmm. things like that what what did you feel about that that you were you okay with it because I, I guess i know me i wouldn't be as stressed about little changes like that but was there something that you you think should have stayed in to the um to the story um i understood why at first i didn't understand why she couldn't be a sculptor but mm -hmm budget constraints stopped her from being a sculptor. So I understood that. Um, I know at one point when they first, when they, they, when they first started, like around 2011 or so, 
it was going to be filmed in DC and I did not want that. Mm. And mainly because both it's, I'm like, I'm from Baltimore and I'm trying to present Baltimore the way that it actually is and not what's mm. in the news. Yes. Baltimore, like every other city has its problems, but there are also wonderful things about Baltimore and nobody ever shows that. And I wanted that. So I know initially I was, I was a little upset about that and I was complaining to a friend of mine. I'm like, yeah, it's going to be terrible. Blah, 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 blah. And she, and she, she said, are you finished whining? I'm like, yeah. She said, the book is the book. The film is the film. And when she said that to me, I separated myself from the movie completely to the fact that like they would ask me something on set and I'd be like, I don't know <laughs> because that's not, I, I had taken myself completely out of it. Mm. I'm like, um, I, um, I wrote the book. You, they, they were asking what kind of wine would Aunt Josephine drink? I'm, I don't know. You, you tell mm. me, you know, because it's not. I didn't see myself as that as the film writer or anything like that. So I wasn't connected to the film in that way, which was actually good because it also let Jamel just have as much control as she wanted. She would always run stuff by me, but I really. She was doing mm -hmm. a great job. She stayed so true to the book. And then I, I, after it was all done, I could see how she was taking scenes. And, and of course, this is because everything in a book that, you know, you can't put everything in, in a film from the book. But then I saw how she had combined scenes that were in the book into this one scene. And I was just like, wow, that's amazing mm -hmm. how she could do that. And also to the credit of the filmmaker, um, it's a, uh, well, the, the cinematographer, his name is Kirby Griffin. He's also from Baltimore and he's the one that shot that film. And he just, he, Victoria Rao, when she came on set, she was so impressed with him and the work mm. that he was doing. It was, it was incredible. It was just a, it was a great time. It was like, I always, at, once we got done, I said, other than marrying my husband and the birth of my children, this was like the best thing that ever happened to me. That is so good. And, you know, I'm so happy that you're happy. And I'm so happy that you've been able to take your creativity to that next level and you're willing to share it with us, oh, yeah. with us like this. I, I love the movie. I thought the cinematologist, I can't even talk today. I thought <laughs> the, <laughs> the, 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 the movie and how it was the, the scenes, the showing of Baltimore, the, the, the outfits, Mm. The um, the hair, um, mm. I loved all of that. I thought it was very fitting for Baltimore. And Baltimore is different from D.C., okay? Yeah. I, I want to say that there are some similarities, and I know people may say no, but you've got to live there to know that people mm. are very prideful and proud in Baltimore. They're very proud of their city um, in D.C. And it was good that you were able to get that piece of it. I think that's very, very, very good. Um, so now you have another book, right? Right. Uh, talk to us about that book. Let's go back for a second. What has been the response to the movie and the book? Um, the response has been awesome. Um, people, cause it went on the independent film circuit and it won a bunch of awards. It got into a bunch of film festivals and that's how we actually got the distributor. Because someone, we, I forgot which festival, and it was in um, Los Angeles. It was an African-American, I can't remember the name of it, but um, it was one of the big ones, so I should know it. 
but um, someone saw it there. And so that's how Jamel got her distribution and the distribution company then set it out to be on the, all, all the different platforms. Cause that's what you want when you do an independent film, you want to make sure you're able to get your a distributor. So she was able to do that. And so the film, it was, it was even showed in South Africa, which mm -hmm. they are totally against homosexuality, but some film festival there picked it up. It was shown in London. I mean, it's, it's been all around the world and it's, it's like humbling and unbelievable. And and of course here, people, they, they just can't believe what a great uh, representation of the of mm -hmm. that community it, it is. And so yeah, it's, it's been received really, really well. Excellent. So for those of you out there, if you have any questions for Odessa, of course she's here today. You're gonna be in your booth later on yep, yep. as well. Yep. Okay, she's gonna be in her booth. She's at the very bottom of the screen. I know on mine she is uh, right next to me and I'm going to be in my booth around 12. But if you have any questions for her, please drop those in the chat box. I'm going to go to the chat box in one second. And while I'm doing that, um, Odessa, talk to us about your latest book and some of the other things that you're working on. OK, my latest book is In the Mirror. Um, again, it's about a young woman named Jasmine Falls. She's a physical therapist and she becomes involved with a married man. and in order to prove to her, her her naysaying friends that you know he's going to leave his wife and that he doesn't love his wife, she um, she does something radical. She breaks into his house and she spies on him and his family for like a week. She breaks in on a Monday and she comes out on a Saturday. And the question is, does she see what is meant to be or what never should have been? And that book came to me just. I was working on Kismic's journey and uh, for whatever reason, Jasmine started talking in my ear and to get her to shut up, I just wrote her down mm -hmm. and then I just kept writing and, and I couldn't stop. So, yeah. I don't I, know I, uh, you <laughs> <laughs> she started speaking to you. And like yeah. I said, I've, I've had that experience. I started writing a book, um, my first book when I was having a bad day at the office and I started developing this character. I was running shopping malls at the time. There's a CEO who was just being very unkind to the property managers. And I started building this character and looked up and I had thousands of words and turned it into my first book. Uh, the interesting thing about that book is my main character is white. And I didn't even think about it, literally did not think about that until I published the book and someone said, why, why is he white? Why couldn't he be black? And I just thought I wasn't mad with a black guy that day. It was him. <laughs> he began to speak to me and I wrote the book and I'm glad I did. And now I, I see this. I'm constantly asked about representation and, you know, should you write outside your culture? Should you write outside your race? The story drags you. Trust me, right. It it, right. it it comes from you. It drags you. And so you're going to, it's going to make you want to write it down. So that's so good to hear. I know you've got some journals as well. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm a journaler, always has, has been. And I learned recently to how I always told my husband, I want to make, have my own line of journals and I've learned how to do it. And so I was able to put out two wonderful journals. One, someone called it an ode to Baltimore because what I do is list as many, it's like a hundred and something um, Baltimore neighborhoods. On the, mm -hmm. on the front and back of the journal. Um, I don't if you I don't know how it works in other cities, but Baltimore has the communities have names 
So, you know, there's, you know, there's, there's Penn North, there's Acacelli Terrace, you know, there's all these different communities. And my husband and I used to have a television show called This Is Baltimore Too, which again, we try to highlight what's good in the city. And so we would go around and take pictures of the neighborhood signs. And so I got an idea for that journal to just put the names of those neighborhoods that are, you know, that are underrepresented, that are not talked about, or that are talked about always in a negative light. I wanted to um, highlight those those neighborhoods. I love that when when you are a writer, I mean, you are an artist, you are a creative, right? So you, you don't have to limit yourself. And I want everyone to to hear that in this age of technology where you can you can do a show, a podcast, a blog, you can write books, you can you can create film literally with your camera if you want to. You can build content. I love it when I talk to people who write and they have taken that creativity and rolled it into so many different different things mm -hmm. from becoming, you know, creating a podcast. Now I have a blog. Now I'm doing it. That is so excellent. And that's what the power of writing can do for you. I mean, someone once sent me a list of all the different things that you can do as a writer because you write. Right. And this list had probably 75 different jobs on yeah. it, different things that you can do. And so as a writer, don't feel like, oh, I, all I can do is write this poem or write this book or whatever. Mm -hmm. Take that creative mind beyond that point. I mean, yeah. that's what I love to do. That's why I do these events and um, with the Black Writers Workspace, because, you know, I've got a podcast now. I'm interviewing people. I'm doing things I never thought I would do. But writers have to be insightful because in order to write, you've got to know how to research. You've got to know how to um, dissect situations and, and find, get in that particular situation and dissect it to a point where you can find what's valuable and, and be able to prioritize that to write on paper. So mm -hmm. I love that, that you're doing it. We've got a few questions coming in. Um, so let's, let's get to those. Uh, the first one I see here is, uh, do you receive residuals, uh, residual for film or was it a buyout? Um, you receive residuals. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Great, great question. Um, that was from, I think, Ms. Taylor, Felicia Taylor. And we're going to be hearing a poem from her soon uh -huh. as well. Um, awesome. Such a good story of, of how it was all developed. Um, Ethelene would speak right place said that sounds like a lifetime movie. If offered the opportunity to have that turned into a movie, what are some things you would do differently, if any? I and mean, this is for your second book. Oh, for the second book for In the Mirror. Um, uh, I don't. I don't think I would change too much. Yeah, I. I, I would. I, I think I would leave it the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's <excellent. laughs> Oh, even down to Jamel Thomas filming it. <laughs> excellent. That's ex how how is she doing in the film industry now? I mean, she's, she's done other movies. She um that movie has helped her get um an agent now, and she's and a lot of people have gone on like um Candace. Um, she's now on the Housewives uh, Housewives of Pot the Potomac. Uh, Tony Belafonte, she was already like we called her the commercial queen because every time you sat down and, and watched television, she was on a commercial somewhere. So now she's on FBI. She's been on Law and Order. She's been doing just doing wonderful things. Um, Billy Krishan, who plays uh, Tanya, she's a stage. She likes stage. So she's gotten a whole lot of stage work. Everyone has taken it 
and have has gone on to do do great things. You know, so I, I like the fact that this film has helped people move along because that's what you wanted to do. Also, you don't want it to just be, oh, my book got turned into a film. You hope that it it elevates everyone who's who has been involved with it. Um, and Ms. Lee wants to know, is your movie available on other platforms? Um, I saw it on Amazon Prime. Um, I think it was also, I don't, I don't, I don't know if it was on Netflix, but it was on a couple of others. Do you know? It's on, one? I know it's on Apple TV. I know you can get it on DVD and Blu-ray. Um, it's on Roku. It's on a bunch of, of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's excellent. So we are going to let you end this conversation by giving our writers a few positive words on writing. Um, and thank you so much, Odessa, for not only being on the screen with me to talk about your work, but also being in your booth and making yourself available to our readers and our writers. And I do encourage everyone to go down and meet with her in her booth uh, so that you can learn more about her work and to purchase her books and to watch her movie and to rate it you know, so that, you know, that's what we have to do. We've got to support each other. That's very important. But I'm going to give you the last word. Yeah, I was going to say that's the, that's one of the main things, just supporting each other. Someone helped me. And so I will do whatever I can do to help other people. I don't I, I don't do workshops where you got to you know pay a whole lot of money. It's like you ask me a question. I'm going to tell you everything that I can tell you and show you how to do it, because that's the only way we're going to make it. Absolutely. 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 Thank you so much for being with us. We really do appreciate this. has been a wonderful interview. I've learned so much. I feel like there are opportunities now that I can look look to, towards. And that's what I, I was hoping to get out of all of these interviews was, was just that. So thank you so much for sharing your experiences with us and continue to be great. That's <laughs> what I, I just want you to continue to be great. Well, thank you. Okay. <laughs> Take right. care. All right.